Welcome, everyone. This is your co-pilot speaking. My name is James Hogan. I'm a 25-year-old idiot who's watched Con Air nine times in my life and have decided I will watch it once a month with my best friend until one of us gives up. Uh, I am your pilot, Nick Gray. I'm excited to be here. I'm also a 25-year-old something idiot who has decided to watch Con Air more than once a year uh, for your enjoyment and my insanity. So as a breakdown, once a month, we will watch Con Air, the 1997 Nick Cage flick, uh, and then sit down and chat about it. And I'm sure this is a process that by month four will drive us absolutely insane. But definitely hit us up on Twitter at Con Air Pod. We would love to talk to you and hear from you guys. Um, but without further ado, here is episode one of the Con Air Pod. No offense to Nick Cage, but I don't need to put that in my body, put that in my eyeballs a second time. I'm going to put week. it on in the background. Okay. I have it set up. I'm I not forgot, surprised by that. I forgot this was a Jerry Bruckheimer film. Just like entirely. Uh, <laughs> it is the only thing about this that I remembered. I remembered the cast. I remember Jerry Bruckheimer was involved. Uh, and I remembered that it was ridiculous. It's... I can't pinpoint an exact moment where I feel like it gets ridiculous, though. Oh, I can. That's fair. I feel like there. I feel like there is a moment, but for me, from the very beginning, like this opens like a war movie. Yeah, it like does. currently should, on screen, it is. A... It opens with all the war footage, and they're like shooting around, and then they're at yep. like undescript military base, Green Berets, saluting and being honorably discharged. Okay, now now here's where things get funny for me in this movie. Mobile, Alabama. I've never been there. Okay. Keep going. Can I just really quickly give like a plot synopsis of this film in case anybody who's <laughs> listening to this has not seen the movie? Yes. Okay. Uh, in short, Nick Cage, who plays Cameron Poe, the lead character, is an honorably discharged army veteran who, while at a bar when he returns home, kills a guy and then spends eight years in prison for manslaughter. When he's being paroled, he gets put on a plane with a bunch of the worst convicts in America, and as they're flying him back, uh, they take over the plane there's a whole bunch of hijinks. Nick Cage is the good guy, despite having killed a man, um, and works with John Cusack, who plays uh, a, an air marshal, if I remember right, uh, to stop agent, this yeah. plane hijacking that that goes down. Uh, it's absolutely insane. They eventually crash the plane in Las Vegas somehow. The movie's all over the place. It's a it's a wild ride. It was a 1997 action classic. It came out the same month as Face Off. Uh, it's a Thing that I learned this week. It's it's a, it's a fun what little a movie. What a time to go but, to the movies back in the nineties. I I also want to talk about the scene where he's at the bar in Alabama. So so go ahead. I'm wondering if we're gonna say the same thing. Okay, so no, literally just pointing out like things that I wrote down in my notes when I started watching this movie. They open in nondescript military base. He gets off a boat in Mobile, Alabama. Yes. I've never been to Mobile. But where the fuck it does he on get the on the boat? What do you mean? Where would he have come from to get to oh, the wait. bar on a boat? Just out, like, out of nowhere, I'm going to get off this boat. Now I'm at the bar. And my you know car what? is here. You made a very good point. I never like thought of that. Like, the just the sheer nonsense opening of this movie. Because after they're done in the bar, they're next to the fucking oil field. 
which is somehow next to the bar that they're at. I was going to say the, the thing it in the bar. It must go water, bar, oil field. Like, that is Mobile, Alabama. It must be a very interesting place to visit. The, the thing that I, I wanted to mention about that scene that, like, set the tone for me in the worst possible way, and I don't know if you got to it because I know you have it on in the background, is I paused it. He, he approaches his wife at the bar. You, you presume that they're they're drinking and dancing together. She is pregnant. And he listens to her belly in the bar in the creepiest, most unsettling three minutes of film I have ever seen. So I guess it makes sense. It's an oyster bar. She has to work there, which is why she knows the regular. What else did I know? Oh, about? you might be right. Uh, and we're already getting a taste of some of the Oscar-nominated music. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that there were two Oscar nominations for this film. This, and you want to know who beat it? Unsurprisingly, Wait, so so can I can I guess what the two Oscar nominations were? I think you just gave one away. Is is I, one the music? Uh, one, yeah, they're both. They're both music. One is the song. Uh, How can I live without you? Not performed. Was that by made me. for this movie? No, they re-recorded it. Wait, what? Uh, it's a re- originally a Reba McIntyre song, but somebody re-recorded it for the movie. I don't give a shit about that. Okay. Exactly um, right. And then the other one was for I think the soundtrack. The I I had it I had it pulled up. But yeah, it was nominated for <laughs> two two fucking It didn't win either one of those, right? No, I was about to ask you want to guess who who beat it out in 97? In 1997. Titanic was 1999, right? Was it Titanic? Was Titanic a nineteen ninety seven movie? Thank God somebody beat Con Air. Uh, it was best sound. Kevin O'Connell. It was best sound and best original song. Okay, but it's not an original song if it was a okay. Whatever. Exactly right. Whatever. But it's funny they open it and then they end with it. After okay. we watched the movie today, they open with it and then end with it, pretty much. Whatever. Um, um, just just to continue going through this movie chronologically. The, the regulars who approach him at the bar are the most stereotypical 1990s bad guys in a bar I have ever seen. They literally walked out of, they walked from the Walker, Texas Rangers set into it, yep. Con Air, and they were like, yes. cool, time to film some more stunts. Um, I've never, I put down, I've never been to Mobile, but it looks like it's underwater. <laughs> <laughs> it looks awful. Uh, um, someday we will How did it. he get there by boat? Oh, okay. The man in the bar literally says, um, like, to Cam, what did he say? I like that we're on a first name basis with this man. He literally uh, said, I've never, what, pussies like you went to Nam or some shit like that? Like, that's why we lost That's right. He makes them very kind of aggressive. And I was like, man, you've never even stepped foot in a military base. (laughs) Like, you have a lot of gall to say that to somebody who could very easily beat the ever-living shit out of you. And who eventually kills him. Yes, right? Well, the other thing is, is she's like, I thought the army would help this kind of man grow up after he makes that comment. She says it to Cam. She's like, I thought you would not be angry. And I was like, bitch, they made him a professional killer. All they did was take that anger and put it somewhere. That man knows how to kill people with his hands. And you know what he does with it? He does it again. (laughs) So I, I, I... 
the whole exchange is so cookie cutter and nothing like it literally could have been like a text box on screen that was like Cameron Go gets in a fight with three drunks at a bar and we moved on to the next shot and it would have been the same level of like production and acting the whole scene is bad it's just like the whole thing to me is very absurd like because it is absurd <laughs> the the extra like cuts in this movie to I don't want to close up shots to, like, of Nick Cage. I'm not trying to like yeah, so like when he gets off the bus he looks like fucking Fabio. Um yes. when we get to that in a little bit, but to me it's just like fucking ridiculous the number of just like insert shots of random shit yeah. that have been included cuz like I was watching the fire truck rescue or the fire truck chase at the end and literally when the fire truck is about to hit the camera, they do a weird shot and it's barely noticeable. It's like all of two seconds of the side of the fire truck passing through frame, but it's very close up. So all you see is like red and white stripes for like a second and a half. And then it's on to the next cut. And it's very like weird because it's right as the fire truck is meeting where like a camera was placed. Yeah. uh, Like to like capture it, like driving past, like, in the middle of the road, though. So it was just very jarring that it went from fire truck basically hitting camera to weird red flash. Okay. Okay, so now yeah. we're outside fighting. So I, I, I'm i going to... We're going to have to go through this quickly. I do not have two hours to talk about this film. I will not no, let I my know. life be dominated by it. The, the thing that I didn't remember, because in my mind, I haven't seen this movie since I watched it on Wednesday, before that, for probably, like, six months or so. It's not a movie that I watch regularly. Every once in a while I see it's on, like, Hulu or Netflix, and I absolutely will put it on for an afternoon. I thought he took the guy's knife and stabbed him. He just, like, open palm, like, pushes his nose into his brain, or whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. It's Cameron Poe's the one-punch man. He is the one-punch man. Yes. He literally went, and that dude was dead. Nose yes. pushed into brain. Dead man, excuse me. But it was, I, all I remember is I put, uh, oh, I put down as Nick Cage a bad kisser. The Why, why, why did you write that down, Nick? When he kisses, when he kisses Trisha in the bar, like their opening kiss together just looks very awkward to me. Like Nick Cage goes like more lip over her, like, outer part of her mouth, and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'll make a note of that for the next time I fucking watch this. Uh, they called him a regular hound dog. I put, she has a cute nose. (laughs) Important note. (laughs) But, yes. Oh, I put the bar needs a bouncer. Yes, it does. What the fuck? It's an oyster bar. They have regulars. You'd think there'd be, like, a big somebody. These men just must terrorize people. In Mobile, Alabama, with their food. Yeah, like, there is no chance that this is the first time these three men have have berated someone at a bar. But we we have spent way too much talking, too much time talking about this garbage scene. From here, he goes to court. He pleads guilty to manslaughter. Weird uh, lawyer advice. I never understood that because I was just like, why would you say yes? Like, you, you know you did it. Why not just take the plea bargain? But he does. He he pleads down to manslaughter, if I remember it right. No, it was manslaughter no matter what. They were giving him a bargain if he said that he did it and he was refusing to be like, yeah, I, 
I can't remember what it is exactly, but for a split second, I'm like, this makes no sense. And they're like, well, either way, we're going to send you to prison for eight years because you are an extraordinary machine of killing technology. Yeah, so he goes to prison for eight years for killing somebody who tried to stab him. It's does not participate in the riot. He just turns over in bed like it's not happening. This was one of my notes. The full, like... collage of him in prison of him like writing letters to his daughter is the most succinct like six minute span of his accent coming in and going out just rapidly and the moment i see that fucking rabbit on screen the rabbit he got his daughter for her birthday i was angry in my soul i i hate that thing so much i hate that it's a consistent like plot driving device i can't stand it i hate it i want it off my television um, I have a good couple of notes about this. Go. Um, oh, I missed it. We saw the title of the movie. They did the title card. It says Kanye. Yeah, that's right. Um. Way too early. My, a couple notes about this scene. Uh, super fake looking prison. And it yep. looks like there's like a Germany flag on part of the building. It's just like oh, red, yellow, and black, it looks like. It, it's just kind of funny to me. Um. They have, uh, ad- they have a man that they admitted was a dead was a deadly weapon, and they gave him a desk lamp and a boombox. <laughs> like he's in maximum security prison, and he has all these luxury items. And I'm like, dude, I, I know about that, that later. I know that they get like shit in prison because like I've met prisoners who are like, yeah, I have an Xbox. Yep. But I'm but- I also am like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Pull-ups on the fire system, bad idea. Uh, Scotty yeah, Dalton, no black teeth. Uh, Scotty Dalton has black teeth. That sounds like a bad dental problem. You might want to get that checked out. Yep. yep. Uh, and then he says, uh, like a six-year-old who has black teeth. Like someone needs to check on that kid. He literally says. So just just as a point of reference, that is his daughter is writing him letters and is saying she doesn't want to go back to school because a kid there who has black teeth was mean to her. And it's like it it's jarring and confusing and never addressed again but the best part about all of the letters is in like the last second to last one he says i can't wait to get back to you like he i'm paraphrasing here but he basically says i can't wait to get back to you and do the things that we miss doing and i'm like man you've never even seen this fucking child you've never met this kid you have pictures yep and then like later he admits like to one of the guards he's like yeah i wasn't gonna let her see me in prison yes and i was just like okay weird hill to die on very strange hill to die on she knows what you did like she's aware you killed a guy <laughs> right um, um bubba but we, we... it's bubba <laughs> it's bubba hey man that guy did his best i think that they gave him a very bad script to work with he had a tough time i know but uh... eventually we get introduced to the, the the driving plot of this which is he is being paroled and being sent home and he's getting moved out with Bubba, who is the only one in this movie where they don't tell us what he did. We don't know what his crime was. That's fair. They, I will and, say they do admit that he's getting transferred, but... Yes. But my the, thing, the is, thing that I didn't the understand... The things that they reveal, he had to have done something bad. Yes. Because... He's moving to a new maximum facility prison. But... Everybody, and they say everybody on North Block has done at least, like, you at least had 10 years or something on your sentence, even if you got out early. He was like, the guy was like, I don't remember you. And he was like, I didn't want to know the other 159 other you motherfuckers. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're getting but, to the airplane. There is so much security on this convoy. Uh, one of the things that I noticed for the first time, and maybe it's later on, maybe it's when they're at the Carson City Airport, There, it says like, and maybe I'm going to have it wrong, it says like Bureau of Police on the bus and then Department of Police on the back of everyone's jackets. And it's like, you couldn't have just changed the word on one of them, dude. Like, they're both in frame for an extended period of time. <laughs> I will keep an eye out on it, but my favorite is, why didn't they give Bubba his insulin shot the night before? They literally or, or were the like, we're going to kill this man. Before they got on the plane, anything. Anything. But I, I, I wanted to touch on, they have like the scene of, uh, what can I think of his name? John uh, John Cusack, the, the air marshal, who is doing like the suicide squad running down of everyone's crimes as they're getting off the bus to be put onto this plane. I, It drives me fucking insane. No human being has ever had a conversation like that in the history of the world. <laughs> other than for a movie. Well, so literally this opening part where it's the guy talking about, oh, we're going to do this today, everybody. We've got a lot of maximum security. I'm like, wouldn't, wasn't there a briefing on this? This feels like a press conference that he's just giving. And they show, why is there one random hot lady? Why is there one random hot blonde that they just keep cutting away to? They we never see her again. I think she's in the air traffic control room later on, but that's it. Like it's so weird that they like cut to they cut away to her twice, which is oddly specific because it's all within the span of yep. like a minute. Yep. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yep. Also, DEA man is a huge dickhead. Yep. We have He's now awful. introduced so John Cusack is now on screen. He's the main air marshal in charge of the flight. Yep. But he's, like, working with the head of the marshals, it seems like. His boss is there. Yes. And But there's also a DEA subplot to try to get information from somebody they're transferring. Who's uh, in a cartel. Yeah. Um, and I, there are two notes about that scene that I really need to hit on. The first one is they hammer home for, like, a continuous two minutes. No guns on this plane. Because that comes back later. No guns allowed on the plane. We're literally hitting it right now, and all I can think of is why, 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 why would you give this man a gun on the plane? Oh, well, yeah. fuck it. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up about this that continued throughout the, the film, and I, I was kind of hoping it was just this one scene. I want to say there are a couple of people who give way too much energy and effort into this movie for their performances. John Malkovich kills it for no apparent reason. He goes balls to the walls for it. He's the best performance in the film. This is maybe John Cusack of- is the worst. He is awful from start to finish. Hold on, I have to. I have to say this: John Cusack, the entire movie, is wearing a tan suit, yep. socks, and sandals. Yep. <laughs> it, it, this it is, is what an agent shows up to in the middle of the fucking desert. And clearly, like one of the most important like assignments of his career, like they, they have called in other agencies, they're transporting them across state lines, all of it, and he's like, "I got the." the most ill-fitting suit of the 1990s, and I'm going to wear my socks and my sandals. Fuck I'm you, going dude. to the NBA draft, and I'm wearing my fucking Jesus yes. cruisers. And his performance is awful. It's pretty bad. Well, and I, I think the problem is, is he's having to play off of... He doesn't get to play off John Malkovich. He doesn't get to play off Nick Cage in any of these scenes. He's literally yeah, he playing off... They DA, meet each other at Lerner. Like, at, at the, the end, end yeah. yeah. And I think it gets a little bit better, but at the same time, I think my biggest gripe with him is... Well, he's acting across from his boss who doesn't do just nothing. lackluster. And then yeah. the fucking DEA dickhead who is 
like too weird about it all. Yeah. Like it's not a good. I wouldn't say it's a good performance, but it's not like I've seen him I, in I'm other sure stuff. I'm sure my thoughts He's on him not, will go uh, up and down as we keep doing this. But one of my main thoughts throughout this whole thing is John Cusack is horrible. Um, I do like the cast of misfits they have to play everybody getting on. Yes, that was that was one of my next like, notes. The Danny best Trejo. The peak of this movie to me. Yes. Danny Trejo, Ving Rhames, Dave Chappelle, who is my highlight of this film. He was every every moment he's on screen, the movie is good, and every moment he's off, it goes up and down really fast. Yep. Uh, I mean, even okay, we can obviously talk about how Dave Chappelle is maybe the best typecast actor for that role. The one thing I want to know is how much of that was improv, because it all seems so off the cuff. All of it does. I would like to believe that it was more off the cuff than not my my two thoughts are it's either mostly off the cuff or he wrote it or he wrote it for himself yeah and and i would accept either one of those but okay so yeah john malkovich just walked out and i swear to god john malkovich in this whole movie is yeah like you said gives the one of the best performances i don't want to say of his career but like hands down you put he's like, the best performance in the film in the in the movie for sure, and I think it's one of his better performances just as a whole in a movie. It's crazy how much energy the he put into Con Air. Okay, so still talking on the cast, Steve Buscemi. Yes, who comes I've been in going, later. I literally watched. Uh, oh fuck! He plays God in whatever show with Daniel Radcliffe about them being angels. I'm not I can't, familiar with this one. I literally can't remember, and I was watching it last night. I can't even remember the fucking name of the show. But it's very weird going from him playing a fucking s- serial killer, calm as comatose motherfucker, calmer than calm. It's crazy to me. But whatever. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Okay, so, so many guards on the ground, no guards in the plane. Yeah, there are like five guards in the plane, and one of them is the pilot who has a pistol in a box in the cockpit. I put that. I was just like, why did they? Why did they let the pilot have the only gun on the plane? It's like, like no guns on plane except for the pilot. And I'm gonna bring this up again later because there was a moment later on where I was like, so that was just complete bullshit for this one like weird little subplot about the DEA guys. But you could you could have this movie without the DEA guy in it. Yep. Like yep. you could cut the whole DEA subplot, and this movie might be better for it. It probably would. That was one of the thoughts that I had, and maybe it's because it was like a 1997 blockbuster and you want people to go. This movie is almost two hours long. It doesn't need to be. This is an hour 40 movie, and it would be concise. It would be, be great. But The more I, I watch this, the more I'm like, okay. They literally just throw in the most random shots. Like, yes. I just watched a guy with uh, the shackles, like, carried, like, the chains and cuffs carried over his shoulder as he walks up towards the plane. And it's like, you know they didn't use that many shackles to hold these people in because everybody got the fuck out. Yeah. They and pulled pins from underneath their fucking skin. I was going to say, we, we come up on when they actually hijacked the plane. I, I don't understand why they did it before they made that stop in Carson City. I don't understand why they didn't just wait until they were on the last leg of it if they were going to stop in Carson City anyway. Um, but they the hijacking of the plane with Dave Chappelle setting the guy next to him on fire and John Malkovich and Bing Rams pulling needles out of their skin on their hands is incredible. It is the highlight of the movie. 
the whole time I had a smile on my face, I was like, giddy. Those are better plot points than all of the Now You See Me movies. Yes. Yep. Like, those are cooler magic tricks. Yeah. Like, Dave Chappelle literally pulls up a tube of gasoline and a match with dental floss through his throat. Like, What did I put on? Tan suit with sandals. That's the outfit of an agent who's ready for anything. Uh, I said that man don't own that car. Talking about the the Stingray. The DEA agent with the Stingray. They could have picked like a cool 90s car and probably gotten a lot of money for it. And even even if he does, he's not driving that to this appointment. Like, the moment it appears on screen, you know they're going to crash it at some point and it's going to like be a gag. It is a plot point. Like, it says as kicker for a reason. It is a plot point that they put that movie, they put that car in that movie. And I love how the Nazis get killed, like, immediately in this movie. Yep. Chef's kiss to that one. Uh, I I I will say. I love the different kind of vibe this this security officer has on the plane. Oh, you're right. He does have big Ditka energy. Uh, I was going to say, when they're announcing everyone's crimes, and it's like John Malkovich is like murder and extortion and all of this bullshit, and then they're like, yeah, and Ving Rhames is a black guy who uh, killed a bunch of like white supremacists and NRA, like shut up an NRA convention. I was like, is he a sentimental character? Am I rooting for him? I, I put a note in here about it. I was just like, that is... I like Diamond for hating the NRA, is literally the note. Was yeah. just like, this man literally was just like, fuck these white crazy folk. I'm a B. Yeah. Like, they, uh, the comment about Denzel starring in the movie about a manifesto is what, like, that was the other half. I was just like, that's a manifesto, right? That sounds like a manifesto book, and they want Denzel in it. it. Again, John Cusack reading off all of their charges sounds like he's giving a school presentation that he doesn't give a flying fuck about. <laughs> but, like, the, it, that line is so fucking funny, and it doesn't fit the rest of this film, but it's incredible. Well, I mean, it does a little bit because they bring it up. Cameron brings it up when um, he's talking to Diamond on the plane later on. Diamond Dog, like, when they're like, so you're going to serve this. You're going to serve this power tripping white man. And he's like, a house N word knows when to stay in place until he can take over or some shit like that. And yep. he was like, it's just a means to an end, white boy. And I was very yep. much just like, okay, so why why did we have to build the racial tension in all of this movie? Yep. Yeah. I I will also say the 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 mm. shining light, the the best one liner in this whole film is when they take over the plane and John Malkovich gets the gun as the pilot starts to like come out from the cockpit and he takes the gun and he like puts a shot through the roof. What does he fucking where does he put that bullet? They're on an airplane. They do a lot of stuff like that in this movie where I know it's my thing is, is this whole flight is like low altitude. That is not like a pressurized yeah. cabin. This is just like an old military jet that they took over that they were like, cool, we'll just throw everybody in there. Okay, Dave Chappelle's pulling the fucking string out yeah. and this it literally this is where the movie gets crazy. He literally goes, yeah. What, Tonto he says so many different things talking to this Indian man that it like threw me for a loop that I was just like, this is all improv from Dave Chappelle. The whole takeover scene happens very quickly. I think I like how quickly it, it goes, but at the same time, yeah. they do a really good job of like showing everything 
leading up to yeah. it, like Ving Rhames just got out and poor Dave Chappelle's getting beat up in the back. But at the same time, I am just amazed that they were like, no guns. When they yep. start this, and, I'm like, then, this would have been over with two guns. And then, but, people but then the DEA agent has a gun. But the problem is this, first of all, it's on his ankle. So, like, what the fuck yep. was he going to do if he's ankle shackled in like Handcuffed. everybody else? Yep. Cool, bro. You're going you're gonna to work your way down there. No, it's A, impossible. And B, yeah, it's only on here so that he can react and then die. Yep. That is, the, that yep. is his plot line, is to pull the gun, be an idiot, and die. The him him having a gun only allows for him to die, so the DEA can be more aggressive later. And I guess to introduce that someone on the flight is involved with a cartel, which becomes like tangentially important later. But they take over the plane. They're all celebrating. They're all having a good time. But they they have to land in Carson City as like a stop off to pick up other prisoners and drop off some of the people that they have. It's not the guy who plays. Why me. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Why didn't they wait to hijack the plane after they made the stop? My only thought is they didn't because by controlling, like, Cyrus had, John Malkovich, had had this whole thing planned out. Like, he literally had this whole thing planned out where he was like, there's six people getting off. We can easily, like, if they don't shoot the fucking... Uh, Nazis. Yep. Like, I don't have an issue. Okay, they show the blonde again. She's in the air traffic control, but it's it it's not important. Um. Yeah, she doesn't matter. If they don't shoot the Nazis, they still have the same like right number of people to put off the plane. Yeah. Instead of the guards, and you have no issue. Yeah. At that point. Yes. But I understand at the same time. If you take out. I think part of it is because they're working with the the cartel guy. He's like, I want the plane to be secure yeah. by the time I get on, blah, blah, blah. And he has like all this ridiculous demands and hoo-ha, whatever. I think part of that's a good point. That's a good I point. think that's part of the driving force behind all of it. But at the same time, I think Cyrus has this so like thought out. It's weird to me. I also don't understand why, if you're in control of the plane, do you start unlocking everybody else? You yeah, literally, no, it does make sense. You're John Makovich, you run shit on that plane, and then you have yep. Diamond Ving Rames. Nobody's going to fuck with him. He helped you get out. Cool, great. Yep. Let him be. You don't even need to let the weird Billy guy out. Billy the Butcher or whatever. Billy Bedlam. Bedlam yep. Billy, yeah. You don't even need to let him out. You don't let Cameron Poe out. There is no hero to this movie. <laughs> but... And fucking Danny yeah, Trejo. It's appears. very confusing to me that he lets everyone else out of their restraints. But eventually, they have to stop off in Carson City to let off some of their prisoners and bring on others. Okay, here's where I realize something, and it's really fucking bothering me. You mentioned it at the beginning. Cameron Poe is from Mobile, Alabama. On the flight back to Mobile, they stop in Carson City. Cameron Poe killed a man in Mobile, Alabama. Where the fuck was he serving his prison sentence? And why was it out west? Like, why? Why? I, I know he was in, like, a maximum security situation because he killed a guy. But there has to be somewhere closer than 
because they don't really say where they're coming from, but it's on the way to stop in Carson City, Nevada. Where are they coming from? My bonus question on top of this, why are they taking all these bad prisoners? Yeah, what's wrong with the prison that they're at? Why are, why are they moving a all these prisoners in a group? Why are they all going together? Why why isn't their prison they're in good enough? I know, like, I think part of it is that they say they're opening a new prison, like a new Supermax security prison in yes. Alabama. Heck, yep. I know that there's a Supermax security... I think there's Supermax in Indiana. Men's. Again, you put Cameron Poe there? Closer than Alabama. <laughs> I think it's part of this... Like, part I, of this movie was written so that they could blow up the... Uh, Casino at the Las end Vegas that was trip. getting demolished. The was it the Sahara or the Sands? It was the Sands. The Sands. Okay. Then it. hey, I'm gonna fix that issue for you. He's not from Mobile. He's from Nevada. Problem solved. There, like, there, there's no legitimate reason that he needs to be from Alabama, and it only serves as like a distraction to make it not make sense where their flight is. It's funny because if you take him out of Alabama, he doesn't have to do the whole ridiculous accent for the movie. Exactly. And this movie would be that much better. Yeah. You wouldn't have the weird, I'm stepping off a boat in Mobile, Alabama for some fucking reason opener. Yes. You, she, she still works at a bar in fucking Vegas. Like, yes. You don't have to trans. They literally transport them on a different jet from fucking Alabama to Las Vegas. Think about that part. They transfer the mother and daughter. They pick them up and they're like, hey, you were supposed to get your husband back today, weren't you? And they were like, well, yeah. And then they're like, cool, we've got a private jet on standby. We're going to fly you across the fucking country because, you know, that doesn't take four hours of its own. It's it's absolute nonsense. That was I had that realization of where are they coming from and it threw the rest of the movie in a downward spiral. I was beside myself for the rest of this film trying to be like, they have to explain it at some point. There has to be a reason. There has to be some logic to him being out West. And there just isn't. There really isn't. Um, I want to say one but, thing. They, go ahead. They talk about uh, Bubba's character says, where did I put it in here? Um, Bubba's character at one point <laughs> Says God is on my side, and I said, "Yeah, but God gave you diabetes." Very, very like, we, is he spiritual? What is his crime? I, I still just want to know what he did. Oh, they do say the name of the movie. I was a big fan of that. He's like, "Welcome to Con yeah, Air. John Malkovich saying, "Welcome one. to Con Air." Best line in the film. Um, I think some of Dave Chappelle's best acting is when they're doing the Carson City transfer. And he's like talking yep. to the woman in the the uh, hangar. Yep. When he's putting the transponder uh, of their plane on another commercial plane in this random hangar in Carson City. Right, because they do, they would have a prisoner stopover flight, stop at a airport, like a a very nondescript Just an airport. airport. Yeah. And then very the whole weird. thing is, is, anyway, the first part, like the first when they get on the plane, tons of agents cops people all over the place when they get to carson city the number is very diminished 
And that, that like, is a plot point in its own point because it's like, well, the Carson City transfer is so easy because there's a dust storm fucking happening. There's no agents here. Malkovich fucking takes over, and they they don't even question it. Like, wouldn't, if you're that, that operating was agent, insane. wouldn't you know insane. exactly who the fuck is going to come out off that plane to pick up these people? And wouldn't you confirm at some point their name, their ID, anything? John Malkovich just walks out as himself and takes his mask off. He pulls his mask down to talk to the guy. He shows him his full face, and this cop's like, This movie was very progressive wearing masks for part of it. (laughs) That's true. They were ahead of their time. But exactly. He literally, like, pulls down his face, and you'd think that if they're doing transfers, you, if you're the agents in Carson City, you would know who is on that plane. Step one. Yep. You would probably then know who Cyrus the virus is and what he yep. looked like. Yeah, he's wearing yes. ridiculous goggles up top, but still. He shows you his full face. Um there are so many random little slub subplots. Like And find, all of them are bad. Like they find the the whole is my mom calling me? No. Um, they find the hole in the, the prison cell, like the busted out wall with the schematics and everything of the plane. And there's a fucking bomb. Where the fuck did they get the bomb? Why? Yeah. It's just another thing that isn't explained. It very clearly in my head, in the end, it very clearly made sense to me that it came from, uh, the cartel, but how did he get it in there? And I literally love how John Cusack runs out of the room by saying, don't touch anything. Dude sits down on the bed, opens the box, and goes, and then you get to see the shadow of his body, like, bounce off the wall across the room. It's hilarious. It is such a crazy, like, explosion scene. And then, in the hallway, we cut to John Cusack, and the door, like, flies over his head, and I'm like, it didn't just blow the building apart, you know, like normal bombs do? Yeah. So the bomb blows up the door, which shoots 75 feet down the hall at 60 miles an hour, and the room is completely intact. Perfectly, like, ricochets down the hall, too. Of course. It's just, like, it's very, very insane to me. This is the part of the movie that feels like it takes forever for no valid reason. Because they introduce 115 different side plots that none of them go anywhere. Drives me nuts. And, and, like, that's that's the whole thing, is that as soon as they're in the air and they start doing stuff, it gets weirdly slow. Like, you don't need... Like, I, I think at one point I said, the DEA has fucking access to patchy attack helicopters. Yep. To just shoot a fucking plane out of the sky? Yep. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> For, it, it's, it's absolute nonsense. But be- before oh, we leave they're, Carson they're City, out the... yeah. they're finally leaving Carson City. I was going to say, the one other important note from there is that Dave Chappelle doesn't get on the plane. No, he does. Well, it looks like he doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't get on with the rest of them. And they're just like, this is probably fine. They had contingencies for all the other people that they needed to get off the plane, and they successfully did that. But Dave Chappelle is just like on the airstrip, and they're like, cool, we're leaving. The part where the guy gets on the fucking plane and goes, they have the plane, it's taken over, and Dave Chappelle's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. How? Like, no one I heard it. There's a dust storm, but like, 
literally it takes two seconds for these guys to like look up in the airplane and see that there are un- unshackled prisoners there are tied up guards there are and dead no one bodies. in Carson City fucking checked not a single person it's asinine it's funny because there's just as many I now that I'm watching it there's like just as many guards and all these guards are in like their desert storm garb like ponchos and shit and they're just like moving these prisoners without like any protection? Yep. Just it's it's so insane. Wind. It's so insane. This movie um, is ridiculous. I was going to say, there is only one important thing that happens between Carson City and when they stop in Lerner, where they're supposed to meet with the cartel. And it's that they discover the, the hole with all of their personal items underneath the plane. And Billy Bedlam finds the rabbit. Again, the rabbit is on screen. My heart is sad. Cameron Poe goes down to confront him because he knows he's down there somehow. I forget how, but it, they, they have this confrontation and they have that discussion where Billy Bedlam knows he's not actually getting transferred. He knows he's getting He had to go down because there because he of the landing gear. Yep. He had to kick Dave Where they Chappelle. find the Dave Chappelle body that he writes the agent's name and info on. The, the scene of the white people complaining in their car about the bird poop is... And then... For no fucking reason, hysterical. Yes. Like, every time I watch this movie, I forget about this, and I'm like... Yeah. There's a scene in this film where they find Dave Chappelle, a dummy of Dave Chappelle that looks awful, is stuck in the landing gear, which is why the landing gear didn't come up properly. It's why they're moving too slow. So Cameron Poe writes something on the body. We never actually learn exactly what it is. And I don't know what it could be, because he doesn't know the Marshall's You can read it. Can you? I must have missed it. Um, but he writes something on the body and then pushes him out the plane. And it's how the marshal finds out that they're not going wherever the DEA thinks they're going. They're going to the Lerner airfield, the Lerner airstrip. How you, you made a really good point in saying that he does write, um, he writes the marshal's name. What's his face? John Cusack's name. Exactly. How would he know that? The only reason he would know that is that John Malkovich said something about having spoken to John Cusack's character over the radio, yep. but he he doesn't at oh, all. Also, we need to go back to that. That scene of John Malkovich talking to uh, the DEA agent and John Cusack is phenomenal. Where he just clowns him for like 90 straight seconds and then John Cusack loses his mind and hangs up on him. Well, the the big thing was is what's his, the DEA guy was sitting there yelling and shit. Yeah, we are just now getting uh, what's his face on screen. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. They literally have this man man in like the whole nine yards. Uh, it's like the whole Silence serial, of the Lamb shit. Silence of the yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. He's got like oven mitts on and he's tied down. He's got a full mask on. He's Again, in like John- leather bondage. Yeah, John Malkovich's comments of like "Welcome to Con Air," uh, the when he like sings the song to John Cusack while they've taken over the plane, terrific. Um, uh, shoot, I forgot another one that I was just trying to think of. Uh, oh, when they get off the plane and they're like, "We had to bag and gag them all." They're all spitters and shitters. I laughed out loud at my television alone on my couch. I'm not proud of that. Uh, like That's he has so many one-liner. good one-liners. I think this movie is just but, built on one-liners. It is. 
like as a but whole was... by itself, it is built on like Dave Chappelle's one-liners, like uh, fucking John Malkovich one-liners. Even like Nick Cage has a few like little quips and quotes here. Boy, do I have a couple of them written down. Uh, <laughs> but I I wanted to bring up the scene where where. Cameron Poke, Nick Cage, goes back under into the hall and finds Billy Bedlam with, like, the rabbit and reading the letter from his daughter. They get in a fight under the plane. He kills him. He kills another person. And, like, that's... I know that they had taken over the plane. He's not a federal agent. He's not law enforcement. He's a criminal who kills another human being. He's gonna go back to jail. He killed another guy. I mean, you could almost argue it was manslaughter again. That, okay, then he has another eight years to do in jail. I know, I know, I know. The whole thing where, like, the piece of metal piping gets bent up and then he pushes him back onto it. I'm like, this is such a Trash. cheap way to kill a human being in a movie about where we've already watched, like, four other people die. I watched a Nazi get shot in the back of the head. Like, cool. We'll just have this man fall on a pipe to die because, you know, he was a murderer. And we feel bad. <laughs> because Cameron Poe's not a bad guy. Gee, I, like, as soon as I he saw that, kills I kills out of happenstance. Yes. He it, kills it out of happenstance. It was the only moment in the full movie where I paused it and had to, like, collect myself. Because I was like, there is no way that we've set up this whole thing as, like, he's redeemed. He didn't mean to kill the guy in the first place. He's still a good guy. He's going to help all these people, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then he kills someone. Like, it's yeah, it's crazy. Go through a lot for anything else could have happened. He could have restrained him. He could have done anything. He kills that guy. It's nuts. It is. It does get very. It it, yeah. There there. I mean, even like right now, as I'm watching it, the the agent who gets out of the uh, car and has to like stall them. Yep. In Carson City. They shoot him in the fucking head on the fucking runway, and then um, John yeah, Malkovich just like walks away. He's like, "Cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yep. get on the plane. We can leave now." Like it's this movie falls into the magic gun like fallacy of like there's unlimited bullets. Yep. Yeah, we have no clue how many shots. Oh, are in here's the Dave Chappelle missing his flight. Again, great performance by Dave Chappelle. But I, I want to try and get through the next stretch because it really is no, a no. fucking slog for a while here. The yeah no, there nothing really ha- like the the whole in between between Carson City and Lerner is very uh, forgettable. It's it's a runaround with the DEA and the marshal, and it's nothing else. It's it's those two things. It's the DEA trying to chase the commercial flight, and it's the marshal played by John Cusack trying to actually put them in the right path. And 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 then fucking Nick Cage kills another guy. Like that's that is everything you need to know about what happens between Carson City and Lerner. That's all of it. Yeah, it's all that matters. And, and Baby O is like slowly dying of not getting his insulin shot. Yeah, the diabetes is eating him alive. I think that's yeah. how that works. At, at a very slow pace, but we we finally get to Lerner. They like crash the plane when they try and land it. I didn't even get that. Like, I didn't even understand how you have this man who is, like, piloting this plane pretty well enough to do a takeoff, but gets to, like, an open field in a desert and can't fucking land the thing. 
and fucks it up. So they they're like they're digging out the plane and trying to pull it back so that they can meet with the people from the cartel and escape and whatever. We finally have John Cusack and Nick Cage interact with each other. They have like the shootout in the one hangar with the people from the cartel. It, it's a complete waste of time. It's absolutely useless. I wrote down verbatim what Nick Cage says to John Cusack's character because I it, it to me it's the worst line in the whole film. Uh. Nick Cage and John Cusack are pointing their guns at each other, and John Cusack is like, I talked to your wife, you can trust me, whatever, whatever. And Nick Cage's full line in this movie is, sorry, only two men I trust. One is me, the other's not you. And I heard him say that out loud and was furious because I knew it was going to come back later when they became friends, and it's total bullshit because he trusts Babyo. Like, it's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. And it's a poorly written line. It's just a setup for a punchline later. It is the fucking... It's awful. It's so bad, I'm mad about it again right now. <laughs> it is... Like I said, this movie is built off, like, random one-liners that just build off of each other. Yep. Into, like, nonsensical bullshit land. And it's... it's. In- I mean, it's incredible the number of times they, like, do this in the whole movie. It fluctuates so fast between, like, a kind of action comedy and this movie that wants to be really serious... Like, some of the action scenes are so, like, intense. It, it, it's it's crazy. It is a... I mean, hell. They get to learn her. They, what? They, some of them, I don't want to say depart, but, like, fucking... Steve Buscemi gets off and, like, meanders off. And there's a house. Yeah, there's, there's, like, an airfield fucking... in the middle of the desert. And he's just hanging out with these girls, having a tea party. And Asinine. I was just like... Okay, extra what, plot point. Here? Let's throw in more extra plot points about random bad guys. Yeah. Like, Steve Buscemi is only in again, half of this movie. He's only in half of this movie, and it is some of the most random shit. Like, he literally just looks at Bedlam Billy and he's like, this man is all pent-up rage. And he's yeah, like, again, why are so you that's, here? That's my exact why are point. You here? Is if you want this movie to be, like, a light-hearted action comedy, don't make one of the prisoners, uh, like, a you know, anti-white supremacists shot up the NRA, bombed all this shit, like these really serious hardcore criminals and don't have these conversations about like, there's no medicine for what I have, which is what he says to like an eight-year-old girl. What Steve Buscemi says to that eight-year-old girl, she's like, are you sick? And he's like, yup. And it's like, hey, if you want this to be kind of joking, you gotta cut that shit out because it's such a weird, jarring tonal shift. It is so, it throws me off, dude. See, it's it's funny because it's better when John Malkovich does it, where they're like, he literally somebody says to John Malkovich, "Have you lost your mind?" And he's like, "According to my last psyche valley, yeah, I have." Like yes. that's hysterical and because they're like openly, this man is like psychotic. He's a psycho, like a sociopath. He'll control your life and fuck you up. And it's it's funny because like he's the villain, and he like knows it. But at the same time, when it's these other characters, it's just like, this is extra. And then all I could think of is, like, at the, the end of the fucking movie, with a shot of Steve Buscemi in the casino. So, I guess, I'll, do you want to take... Crazy. Do you want to bring us to Vegas and the end of this movie? Out of so, I, I had one other thing from the Lerner airstrip that I want to bring up. 
I'm sure we're going to talk a shit ton about the girl in the tea party later on. We do not need to get into it now. We will have so much to talk about going forward because that scene is going to live rent-free in my brain. Um, there's another one of those one-liners when the cartel guy, whose name I already have fucking lost, tries to escape on that plane and they crash it into the gas station that's at this airstrip in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this guy from the cartel is leaning out and he's trying to be like, no, Cyrus, I was coming to get you or whatever. And first of all, I am 100% convinced that they name John Malkovich's character Cyrus the Virus for this one-liner where he's like trying to plead with him. And he goes, oh, come on, man. And he goes, sigh. And John Malkovich cuts him off and goes, Anara, and then shoots him and blows up the gas station. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? I wonder if they had Dave Chappelle like help write all the one-liners in this movie. Yep, I hope so. They were like, Dave, we need your help. We want to make this funny. <laughs> but one of the other things from early in the movie comes back again, where they have like the police bearing down, and they haven't pulled out the plane yet, and they've got to figure it out. And they're like, all right, everybody get guns, and like get ready to have the shootout with the cops. There are crates with weapons on the plane. How yeah. many times did John Cusack say, no guns on my plane? There's crates of guns on your plane, dude. Well, and that, I, he does admit it. He says, did they forget nobody about carries that? a gun. He says, nobody carries a gun, but there's guns on the underside, like a whole armory. And I was just like, why don't they just hold the, like, why, why? not give the guards the guns they need to shoot the people who are bad? If, if you're not going to the give rest the guards the, the guns, take them off the plane. Do you think they don't put them through metal detectors because... Like, I don't know, dude. I, 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 I don't know. It's it's so frustrating how, like... 9-11 hasn't happened yet. 9-11 hasn't happened yet. There is no yet. air security at all in the 90s. Yep. But I, I will also say, it to me, the reason that it's the most frustrating is, like... And maybe when I see it again, it'll be less, like, frustrating. Because if there is a line where he explains, like, there's an armory under the plane, and here's why... It, it totally invalidates the whole back and forth about no guns on my plane when both the DEA agent still has a gun on the plane, there is a gun in the cockpit, and there is an armory under this plane. There are guns on your yes. plane, dude. You can't be a dickhead about it to the DEA agent then. If you're putting an armory of firearms on this plane with the worst prisoners in America, you gotta fucking let the DEA agent have a gun, man. Straight up. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. it's so frustrating. I mean... If they don't, I, th I think part of it is if they don't even have to go down to the underside, they don't even know it's down there. They don't know if his bunny's down there. Like you could, you could cut out so much of this movie. It's it's ridiculous, but yeah. To then fuel a whole firefight with random guns they find in the undercarriage of a plane is... that have been on the plane since the beginning, apparently. And again, I think the almost all of the second act of this movie doesn't happen if Dave Chappelle is on the plane when they take off. True. Because if he's on the plane, the landing gear goes up, that rest of it goes normally, Billy Bedlam never finds the rabbit, they don't find the guns under the plane. Like the... So much of this is driven by them leaving without Dave Chappelle on the plane. I, I also find it very interesting how lackadaisical they are once they're in the air after Carson City. Yep. Yeah, they're like throwing a party. They're like... They're playing Sweet Home Alabama. Was that that seems to be a song that's played throughout yep. this movie again? Um, yep. They were played that. I I'm more surprised they didn't let John Cusack in the helicopter when they go to leave. Yeah, 
Like, I get that they don't get along, but, like, you're working together on this. You gotta fucking, like, pretend that you're working together. Oh, and then the whole, like, uh, yeah, you can drive to Lerner in an hour. Can you? No fucking way. I'm gonna pull it up. He folds the map. That's how he does it. Like, they, <laughs> it's like the cartoon where they fold the map and they just travel over the bumps. And then they stretch the map back out and they're like, yeah, we traveled. But yeah, hey, where is Learner? Like... Learner's probably fucking made up. Yeah, it probably is. It definitely um, is. Anyway, doesn't matter. The, so finally, my whole I also love how Ving Rhames seems to uh, pass off everything that Cyrus the Virus tells him to do. John Malkovich's character, he's like, yeah. "Cool, I'll just get Nick Cage to do all this shit for me." Yeah, it's it's like a, a running bit, and I kind of love it that every time John Malkovich is like, "Hey, I need you to do this," Ving Rhames walks up to Nick Cage and goes, "You need to do this," and he just fucking does. It's great. He doesn't even question it. No worry. Like this dude doesn't even hesitate when he sees his dead fucking body in the underside. Dave Chappelle. Yep. He's yep. like, cool, I can write on this body. Yeah. It looks like a bad model of Travis Scott. It Honestly, you know what? It, you're probably right. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to believe you. We, we finally now are getting to the last stretch of this movie. I don't want to call it a third act because I'm pretty sure it's like 16 minutes long. It probably is. I can, I'm going to fast forward to it. Keep going. Where they fly from Lerner back to Las Vegas. I can't remember why. Like, I don't know if they even explain why. I think they're just trying to get away. Um, but they crash the plane in downtown Las Vegas, past the Sands Casino, the same year it was uh, demolished. Um, and they crash into this casino. Everyone gets off the plane. There's one final chase where Nick Cage and John Cusack get on matching police motorcycles and chase them through the streets when they've hijacked somehow a fire truck crazy it, it like at one point john malkovich is handcuffed to the ladder of the fire truck it's 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 so over the top it's so 1990s jerry bruckheimer it's bananas it's totally balls to the walls it's almost like they got what's his face from the transformers movies to direct this it feels like a Michael Bay movie for the last 15 yes. minutes of this film. Okay, so my note on it was this this movie literally said, oh, a plane crashing on the strip isn't enough. Let's make them have a car chase too with more destruction at the end. Yep. They literally yep. like, they were literally like, oh yeah, we just fucking crashed a landed a plane on the strip. One of A, the most crowded, busy street fronts on the fucking planet. Yep. yep. B, they then ride through Free Vegas Old yep. Vegas on the motorcycles through crowded yep. people. Um, I mean, that whole chase scene was. Uh, I put they should have made the second motorcycle explode. So you know how when Nick Cage like holds onto the ladder on the fire truck. Yes. So this is this is like in the tunnel. This is where the that like weird cut scene is with the fire truck. Yeah. Where it hits the so they're they're chasing cuts. the fire truck. Eventually, Nick Cage somehow grabs the ladder and is holding on while they're driving through Las Vegas. His motorcycle hits the back end of the fire truck and blows up. And like, does throws, it really? Yes, it throws Ving. Uh, that's when Ving Ving Rhames dies. Like his character dies. Black Diamond. That's where he Diamond dies because he was holding on to the the back end. Yeah. And. So the motorcycle hits the back end of the bus or the the fire truck and blows up. 
crazy. And then for no reason, the John Cusack climbs onto the, the the his side of the fire truck, like the side up by the drivers, the drivers cabin stuff. Yeah. And when it, his motorcycle crashes, it just hits the side of the fire truck, hits a wall, and then just tips over and and is done. Make it blow up. If you're going to make the first one blow up, you should have just fucking said, fuck it. Yeah, Add another gosh. explosion. So, they, they like, stab through uh, John Malkovich's ankle to, like, restrain him, and then they handcuff him to this thing, and the fire truck crashes, and he gets thrown into, like, a scrapyard? He, I think it was a construction site, because It might have been, it might have been. He flies through the, 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 like, raised walkway... Yep, like over they, over a busy street in downtown Las Vegas. Po, another thing that they Cameron destroyed. Cameron Poe. No, Cameron Poe commits basically another murder by a kills another guy <laughs> lifting the ladder. First of all, I'm watching this scene. They pull the fucking plane out with all the prisoners. They pull the plane out of the sand with people power. What? Like like slaves in Egypt. Don't forget that. And then I'm mad. I just, the Sayonara scene just happened in like two seconds on screen and it was very funny. Um, but my whole thing was he lifts the ladder while John Malkovich is like handcuffed to the top. Yep. And then they drive under the, uh, like a raised walkway and you see him fly through the walkway. He hits live power wires on the yep. way down. Yep. I forgot about that. And then lands in, like, a rubble pile where they're actively driving, like, pile drivers in. And it crushes his head. Like, what the fuck? That is the craziest Rube Goldberg murder machine I have ever seen. Absolutely. And then, so, for for the final, like, stretch of this movie. Oh, oh, hold on. I'm, I'm... Shaking, I'm so mad about this. Nick Cage and and John Malkovich, John Malkovich, Nick Cage and John Cusack get out of this fire truck and they're standing next to each other. And Nick Cage says to him, "I don't have it exactly written down because it pissed me off so much. I like was shaking and couldn't write anything." He says, "No, there's three people that I trust." And I just about threw something through my television. That's ex- that's like straight up the line. And then he like reaches out and shakes his hand. Uh, the car. I hate they- it. I hate it. I do like that they tow the car off the plane and then it drops and like falls right in front of the man. Yep. As a big fuck you. Um and then he says the DEA agent. So okay, I was gonna I was gonna talk about this. I have it written down. Um at the end of the movie here, the DEA agent and John Cusack are like sitting next to each other and they're very considering every exactly other scene they've been say. in was tense. They seemed very buddy-buddy at this moment, and I literally said, Marshall Man and DEA douchebag shouldn't be buddy-buddy like that. Nope. He was like, yeah, man, I know I know a place in Fresno that does great body work. First of all, no, you don't. It's just like, what, what the fuck was this interaction even in for? Second of all, this movie ended with a fucking one-liner between John Cusack and Nick Cage. Yep. It's basically ending with one-liners as he talks to his fucking daughter. And this is the last thing that I wanted to say. The rabbit, like, is for some reason, as he's coming back, rolling down the street in the like in the gutter, about in, to go in, down the drain, yes. and he catches it. He lost that rabbit. He th- there is a zero percent chance on God's green earth that that rabbit did not fall in the sewer, catch on fire, get destroyed in the plane crash, something. Why would she take a soggy rabbit from him? 
It's dirty. Why would he it's offer soggy. it to her? Like, you're just fucking there. Who cares? You literally survived the craziest plane ride of your life. Yep. You don't and... have to give her something, man. Just spend time with your daughter. It... Fuck. It's... It's such a waste of everyone's time. What's his face? Steve Buscemi's character is so known, like, as a murderer. I know he w- did it up and down the East Coast. But yep. if he's out in Vegas, you'd think that somebody would just be like, Is that... Is that Garland Green? Yeah. The murderer? And, and that was one of the things. Is I'm pretty sure he gets the last line in the film where he's, like, playing blackjack at the table in clothes. I don't know where he got them. <laughs> He is, it literally, he doesn't say anything. It's literally just, the scene is a uh, casino, uh, craps table. Yep. And he's like, new roller on the table. And they push the dice down the table. And it, as it, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool shot. I'm not going to lie. It is kind of a cool shot. But they, they, they zoom in on that. Like they follow the dice push to the end of the table. And then they tilt up to reveal it's Steve Buscemi in like the white, dress shirt he came in on the airplane like that it yep. looks like the top half of the the clothes he was wearing to get on the plane as a prisoner with just like a sports coat thrown over it yeah but and he's got like a girl on his arm like and he he's just very like so sedated looking. It, where did he get money to even put down on the fucking table yeah did um, he was he there for the that's the other half is the Fire truck crashes into a armored truck and it blows up full of money. And like, oh yeah, that was also just like a random addition. It was just like you could have had them crash into like a dump truck, a waste truck, another fire. You could truck. have had them. You, you could have had them fighting at the steering wheel and just t- like turn over the fire truck. Like the, it's. <laughs> I'm getting mad again. It's there's so much nonsense in this movie, especially like going back over it again, <clears throat> but. At the, at the end of the day, Nick Cage saves everyone, kills John Malkovich, kills Billy Bedlam, whose actor I do not know the name of. By proxy. <laughs> by proxy, man. By pro- yeah, by proxy commits two more felonies and then gives his daughter this soaked dumpster rabbit. <laughs> and she is, understandably, the best performance of, of this young girl's career, I'm sure, is when he comes down and he's covered in like blood and smeared and shit and is reaching out this rabbit, and she steps behind the mother like, fuck no. It's it's very, like, even that last scene with them is very odd to me because of the mom's performance is very just, like, straight-faced. It, it's, it leaves a lot I to be I can't believe, it, it's literally like, I can't believe you put me through this to come home kind of bullshit, and like, yeah. You literally loved this man at the beginning. Yeah, he went to prison for defending you and, like, his honor. But at the same time, you seem very... I don't know if anybody is excited to see him and if it's just him excited to see them. It absolutely is. It almost feels like, at the end of the day, that marriage would fail because of the separation in the family just from him being in prison. Like, it is... The, the mom at the end, yeah, they fucking hug, but they hug, and it takes, like, 30 seconds for them to even get to hugging. It's not even like any other movie where they run up and they hug first, Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, they it's very are much like, I'm a pure, not dumb Alabaman. Yes. 
they're objectively not excited to see him. The last thing that I wanted to say about this film before we do some general overview, it it feels like they very much wanted to leave it open for a sequel, which did not happen, which is crazy to me for two reasons. One, that they thought that this was a good enough movie to get a sequel. And two, I found out this film made $220 million. I'm, I'm watching the... Uh, um, it's scrolling through credits right now, and it's funny. Whoa. Whoa. Assistance to Mr. West, two of them. Assistance to Mr. Cage, three of them. Personal trainer to Mr. Cage. Assistance to John Cusack. Assistant to Mr. Malkovich. And then, like, two Wait, more Mr. assistants. Wait, Mr. West? I, I think he might be a producer. Maybe it's not Kanye. Director. I was about to say, I'm going to... Does it say who's it? I have it up right now. Yeah, director Simon West. Okay. It's it's very very much just like what all went into this movie, like, and I, I okay. I guess first of all, this isn't a bad movie. As much as that was one of the things I it, wanted to say. As much as, as, much as there are a lot of things dogged that on it in the past hour. Me. Yes. It's not a bad movie. It's not great. No. It's not. It should not have been nominated for Oscars. Okay, speaking on that, the I thought it was very interesting that a lot of the soundtrack is either like very violins with electric guitar thrown in, or it's like all electric guitar, just like riffs and solos and stuff. It's very I need to like listen. the next time I watch it, I'm going to pay so much just, attention to the sound. This the soundtrack is kind of interesting, just in the fact that it's weird by itself. But that being said. This isn't a bad movie. Like, I understand why it was on TV, like, so much, I think, when we were growing up. Yep. Is, like, it did well in theaters, but, like, it's not a movie you... This isn't a movie outside of this that I would have just been like, I need that in my collection. So so here's where I fall on it. I, I think it kind of perfectly fits into this weird little box of, I pray to God this is no one's favorite movie. <laughs> but, but, I think there are a lot of people like our age who if they're scrolling through what's on TV and see Con Air is even halfway through you're going to put it on because yeah. like as much as there are five or six things in this movie that absolutely infuriated me every moment that Dave Chappelle or John Malkovich is on screen I'm in a good mood and I'm actively enjoying myself yep like it's it's not a bad movie there's some real dog shit in it but it's not a bad movie as a whole it's just kind of it's that like stupid level of entertaining where you don't yep. have to put much effort into it to understand what's happening, to get the one-liners, to... This is a movie that you put on while you're cooking dinner and you have it on in the living room, and even if you spend 15 minutes not watching it, you know exactly what's going on when you come back. Yeah. It is a middle-of-the-pack 90s action movie. But it, it's it's so insane to me the cast that they got for this is like... And the fact that it came out three, I think it was like less than three weeks before Face Off with uh, yeah. Nick Cage and John Travolta. Like they came out at the same time. And this cast is phenomenal. And the movie's is, not bad. I mean, it is. I mean, they've got. I will say the casting in this, they casted a lot of these inmates perfectly. Yep. Danny Trejo. Yeah. Johnny really despicable character. We didn't touch on him a lot. Yeah. He sucks. Bad guy. But Danny Trejo puts in a pretty good performance as an absolute scumbag. As a horrible, horrible rapist. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
I mean, fuck, even even the guards who are just like side characters and are not like gone by the half of the movie yeah. do a real good job of like yep. carrying their own as guards. Like, yep. yeah, we said the guy had Dicka energy, but like he was in charge of the plane. You want that Dicka energy, right? You're right. But at the same time, I even fucking Dave Chappelle was perfect. Even the the weird femboy person. I'm going to have to pay more attention to it the next time we watch it. It's, the, it's such an odd It's inclusion. funny. In the credits, in the credits, I like the, I, I I wouldn't say this a lot. I like the credits uh, because it opens with, the credits are literally like, it shows the character they played with the name instead of just like cutting to the list of all the credits. It actually like shows a lot of the main characters and all their names. And like that one is, yeah. I had to guess that it was somebody famous for doing something else because it's their their name is just one word. Odd. Yes. Odd. Okay, so we just we just hit Steve Buscemi, and and I think the order the order is also very kind of interesting because it's DEA agent Colmini as Duncan Malloy, and then it's Baby O Duncan Malloy, Bubba, thank you, and then it's Billy Bedlam. And then it's Rinoli, Sally Can't Dance. And then it's John Malkovich. <laughs> and then it's Ving Rhames. Then it's Dave Chappelle. Is this the order they were introduced? Guard Sally Bishop, nope. It then it's nope. Dick Guard. Steve Buscemi. What the hell? Danny Trejo. MC Ganey, Swamp Thing. The pirate, Swamp Thing. Thank the you. The little girl. John Malkovich, or John Cusack, excuse me. And Is this Monica far Potter. down? Yes. And then Nicolas Cage. And then it cuts to the regular stuff. That little girl was in this movie for all of 10 minutes, and they put her At there. At most. At, it's nuts. That whole, like, listing, they did, I think they missed a couple people. They absolutely did. Um, so we've successfully now given our thoughts on every bit of this movie from beginning to end. Now, I want to ask you, favorite and least favorite parts of this film? Oh, oh man. I've been thinking about it if you want me to go first. Go ahead. So, for me, the, the number one moment in this film, and I specifically saved it for now, um, is when the plane is, like, crashing in Las Vegas, and Malkovich and Nick Cage are having, like, a showdown in the plane. At one point, the propeller cuts through the whole body of the plane, like, right next to him. It's a really kind of out-of-nowhere moment, but the shot is kind of cool. It's it's not the best effects, but it's, like, this random, like, super chaotic, intense moment, and I it got me out of my seat. It really was the highlight for me. The, the bottom, the pits of this goddamn movie is the shootout that they have at Lerner Airfield that has absolutely no impact on the entirety of the film, isn't set up. It, it's an enti- it's it's a Jerry Bruckheimer wanted to have more action in this film two-thirds of the way through, and he got it, and there's this huge shootout with no consequences. Aren't they just... I can't remember who the prisoners are even shooting at. Isn't it just John Cusack? No, it's like DEA agents. Like oh, they, they roll up. That's right. They roll up, and then they start trying to... Of, of all How did the they all get there movie, in time? How did they all get there in time? Exactly. That whole that whole bit is an entire waste of time. It, it does nothing for this movie other than drag it out and add some more explosions and shit to make people happy. Okay. 
I think I, I think I know what my least favorite part is. Okay. My least favorite part is literally just them in the air. If they're in the air, it's fairly boring. Like if they're just sitting there talking, they do a lot of build up into the opening. Like not the opening, but like it starts out kind of slow with all the opening shit of blah blah blah, you're in prison, here's your prison montage. But like once we once we hit like them on the bus, tension starts building because they start introducing all these bad guys. And then they start adding in all these cut shots of them like pulling out needles and then that's where it sparks off. I think yeah. that might be one of my favorite scenes is the whole opening skirmish between uh, the prisoners and the, the guards. The inmates and the up to where yeah. Up to where he says Con Air. Like, yeah. we're on Con Air. Like, that opening, that is just, like, so insane. One-liner filled. And it's really well shot. It, it's, like... It's a pretty good scene, like well technically they done. A, they like don't cut away from action. You literally watch a Nazi get like shot in the fucking head. Yeah, like they do not cut away from some of this shit, and that's it's why it's one of the better. That's when action is always good is when they don't cut away. If yeah. you get to it's, see not somebody land the punch, no yeah, when you get to see somebody land the punch, it's that much more satisfying. So watching that whole scene, that I, I think that's one of my favorite parts is that is just that opening. The tension they build with them getting on the plane, like all these bad guys introduced, like, yeah, it's a bullshit conversation because the DE agent should probably fucking know this beforehand. Yep. But that being said, they build tension very well into it and then coming out of it, I think that's they to build so into far. that yeah. and then it just it slaps into Cool, we're on the plane now, let's willy nilly we gotta fill airtime because we're flying through the air. Here's some conversations to keep you going. And they do it each time. They do it after they get up in the air the first time. They do it after Carson City. And I think they do it they again, do it again a little bit after Lerner. Yeah. I think because one of the things that I didn't like about this was the way that they like had John Cusack give everybody's rap sheet. You know how you introduce these people? When they're on the plane and just took it over. Yeah. Yeah, have like have it, one of the other prisoners know who they are and give like little tidbits and like drop it in instead of like reading their rap sheet. It's brutal. Baby O. Yes. Have Baby O. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the brightest character, but what? He was the one walking around and giving him books and shit and cleaning the. Yeah. He was the one cleaning the floors when he pulls out the coconut pink things, which are fucking disgusting. Um, the snowballs? Yeah. Very hostess driven. Um,. Like, have him be the guy who knows everybody because he fucking was the janitor, have him the prison janitor on the floor, like, in the, the cell block. He could have easily, and you could have easily done, like, the stupid fucking, was it Suicide Squad that did the little cutaway? Yep. Like, you could honestly, like, as much as they did, like, the weird little green screen where they showed their, like, info and, like, a shitty picture of them, yep. you could have done the same thing in, the in a, like, a cutaway real quick. No, you're absolutely right. It's, but uh, yeah, they could have easily had Baby O been like, "Yeah, this is so and so. This is Cyrus the virus. This is." <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I... Again, movie there is wild. Are, there are 45 characters in this movie. We need about 15 of them. <laughs> exactly. There are there. <sighs> so many just extra people. The thought that I had 
that would that would I think genuinely streamline this film and, and kind of take away some of the nonsense that is literally just like adding layers onto it for no good reason. Yeah. If his wife isn't pregnant and he doesn't have a daughter and he's just trying to get back to his wife and it's like, I'm getting out on my wife's birthday, I'm getting out on our anniversary, anything like that, you don't have the rabbit that you have to drag around that is literally a MacGuffin a bad, from beginning a to end plot, and a bad yeah. one. You don't have to include that little girl who like does her best in some of those scenes, but is very clearly does not give a flying shit about being in this film. And it's like, he's just as sympathetic if he's trying to get back to his wife as he is when he's trying to get back to a daughter who he's never met. Yeah. It's just, it's another in the long list of things that this movie does not need to have, but it does. To me, it just shows him as such a simpleton that it hurts. Yeah. It it does dumb him down a lot. You're right. And I, I think that's part of the other, part of another reason of why this movie could have been better is they literally played Nick Cage's characters a simpleton. Yes. He's a green fucking, he was like a, he was a green beret. He was a ranger. He was a ranger. He was, he he was was an army ranger. I I need to watch it again because maybe I'm misremembering it. Isn't, isn't there a bit in the beginning where he's like, I'm learning Spanish. And then that never gets mentioned again. He literally, he uh, yeah, because I remember the line. Yes, that's like, right, because he's practicing. He's practicing wanting margaritas. He's and- like, yeah, he's like, please bring me and my wife margaritas on the yacht, por favor. And I'm like, are you going to Mexico? Does that come up ever again? No, no, no. Like, the whole, the, the prison montage is kind of, like, jumpy in that way because it's like, here's your packages from your family and the letters and stuff. And... Yep. Yes, you're learning Spanish. I don't know why, but it's 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 a good Mexico? example of like they they tried to make him a complex character while he was in prison, and then forgot that they did that for the next hour. Well, and it's like you, I don't, I don't need to see the inclusion of him learning Spanish. No, it's okay. the The montage is still fine if he's just writing letters and answering letters and eating fucking pink snowballs. Hostess, yes, sorry. Um. I don't like the coconut shit. Uh, They're really but like, bad. But like that being said, if you cut that out, hey, hold it, on, it doesn't lose anything. It doesn't add anything. I'm not diabetic. You're not diabetic. The most that I've learned about diabetes was reading a book by a professional athlete who has type one diabetes. Buddy, baby, oh, eats the fucking. <laughs> he eats the. Hey, he probably shouldn't be eating those if he's type one diabetic. <laughs> Hold on. The biggest plot hole of this movie revealed. Again, it's like, if he wasn't diabetic, and if if, if instead of him being diabetic, he got shot in the leg early on. They shoot him in the stomach. Yeah. No, he, they he kills him. him. He kills him later. Yeah. Doesn't he? That's when yeah. they shoot him. But, like, the, the whole thing of him, like, being in pain and needing help is they, like, crush his insulin. Just don't make him diabetic. No, they don't even, he's he's like, hey man, get off my insulin. And I think he gets the insulin, but they were like, yeah, all the needles are broken. Yep. Yep. yep I was just yep. like, cool. Is there a, is there like a, a pen on board? Are you going to take this like a you shot? Could, like, what's the game plan here? You could rig up some shitty way to get, hell, you could have them take the fucking pins out of their skin, poke it in a vein and just pour the insulin in, right? <laughs> God, it's. God, this movie's so all over the place. But we, It also we've... reveals how poorly run the U.S. Uh, 
prison system, system is, is if they're not giving him his insulin shot from the night before until he's on the plane the next day. Yeah. And listen, again, this will be my last comment. Again, neither one of us is diabetic. I, I'm fairly certain if you are that badly in need of insulin and have not had it for that long, getting the insulin won't save him. He needs to go to a hospital immediately. Yeah. Like, they're they're making it seem like as soon as someone finds a needle, we're going to save this man's life. And it's like, I think he needs professional medical help. All, all I want to say in addition is, you know this DVD is really old when you go to extra bonus materials, and it's the theatrical trailer, the teaser trailer, and additional titles, a.k.a. the previews for the movie. Oh, man. That's some real throwback shit. All right. Any closing thoughts? So, yeah. That's Con Air. Um, like we said, it's it's a it's an okay '90s action movie with incredible. It's got one of the hands down best prison villains I think I've ever seen. Yep. I, John Malkovich I, does an incredible job. Nick Cage does okay, and John Cusack is John Cusack in another movie. Yeah. I think you can just take John Cusack from different movies, and he's the same character. That being said, watch it, enjoy it. Uh, it's goofy. It's really goofy. <laughs> watch it again. I mean, it's. I can't wait to watch this again in like a month and be like, "What did I miss last time?" My my biggest fear about watching it again is I'm either going to watch it as at some point we're both going to have a viewing where we come out of it like this movie fucking sucks. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm hoping that next month we go into it and be like, "All right, I've cleansed my palate. I've gotten all the bad stuff out of the way, and now I can just fucking enjoy it." That's my hope. If I'm being honest, I watched it today, like earlier today, and I fell asleep after Carson <laughs> City. It's kind of a news fest. And then like woke up bit. at the end when they were crashing into Vegas. I was just like, cool. Cool. I got the good stuff. Like like we said earlier, you can put this movie on, do something else, come back and know exactly what's happening. Yep. Having missed maybe a joke, a one-liner or something, but yeah. nothing important. Exactly. That's 100% right. All right, I've, hey. I've figured out how we're going to wrap this up every time. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, the worst one-liner in the film. Sayonara. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, and catch us next time on the Con Air Pod.